Welcome back, everyone, to A Certain Point of View, the brand new episode from here. I am Jake Berlin, your host, and I am joined today by Brian Avalancino. Before we get to us, we have a very special guest, our first official guest on the show, Sean the Saint Sullivan. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Well, this is your first guest and my first appearance on anything uh, outside of Schmodown, so this should be... Uh, it's a good first for everything. Yes, that is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have our first official guest, and obviously we're gonna get into his uh, Star Wars debut in the Schmodown, and we're gonna obviously gonna get to Atlanta as well, and kind of dive into that. Uh, before we get into any kind of match discussions, we're gonna get to know Sean a little bit, um, and I'm gonna ask the most basic question of any of the questions: um, What is it about the Schmodown, and why the Schmodown? Uh, why or what is it? I don't know. I, I, uh, I've been watching it for probably, oh, four or five years now. And, um, and it's always kind of grabbed me, uh, always been a fan of movie talk and, and schmoes and, um, screen junkies and all that. So uh, that's kind of how I found the schmodown as far as a fan goes. Um, and then, Last year, um, you were there, so this is a more interesting story. Uh, last year, I was um, at the award show. I wanted to say the draft, but it wasn't the draft last year. At the award show with my girlfriend sitting right next to yes. you and uh, your girlfriend, and um, I was wearing a loud and obnoxious <laughs> plaid suit. Sure were. So, of course, I caught uh, Makuga's attention that way. Um, uh, and I got thrown Andrew Guy's Heel of the Year Award. I do remember Which that. I actually, I actually have, and I texted my girlfriend to go grab it because it's, it's kind of hiding right now, <laughs> and I should have grabbed it for this. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I physically have Andrew, uh, Andrew Guy's Heel of the Year Award signed by most of the competitors that were there. Um... After the show that day, we uh, you know ran into Makuga, started talking to Makuga, and kind of from there, um, we're invited to a taping and met Silvestrini and PJ Campbell and you know slowly Mark Ellis and everyone that way, and then uh, this year at Spec, so we we've been going to tapings for pretty much a, a solid year, um, and got to watch you know from. As far as as a backstage kind of look, the difference between uh, the beginning of last year and the beginning of this year is an astronomical difference. And it started last year. I think that a lot of the stuff last year, you started seeing things get a little bit more um, solidified as far as processes and everything. And the beginning of this year, as far as how they run the tapings and stuff, it's now, it feels like... You know, they say it feels like a sport. It feels like a professional production. Whereas even last year, it definitely had that feeling of a bunch of people who were friends and getting together and and all that. And and this year, just everyone in the room is taking it so, so seriously. Um, everyone in the room is a John Roca. Um, but, so, uh, but so as far as how I actually became a competitor... Um, you know, my in my post match interview, my first match, I, I kind of mention it, um, but a little bit more seriously. I mean, when you're in those tapings, um, everyone's got their phone out, everyone's got a notepad open, 
and everyone is um, you know writing down the answers as the questions are asked. They want to see what they're going to yeah. get if they were competing. Um, the the first person I noticed doing this um, in my first taping, which was Kevin Smets's first ever match, um, was Chandra. Okay. So Chandra's just sitting there writing every answer on his phone, and he got you know ninety percent or something like that. And after the match, he goes up to Christian, and Christian's like, "Hey, how'd you do?" And Chandra's like, "Oh, I I only missed you know one or two. And so that's kind of the process where there's these people that Christian kind of picks up on and and watches and decides, yeah, you're you know you're going to be good or bad. Um, but so that's how Chandra got in. Um, Little, little behind the scenes on someone who isn't me. Um, but then, um, uh, so I've been doing that with Inner Geekdom matches for all of last season. Um, my accuracy would not be <laughs> near what someone like would be. Um, but I just, um, uh, you know, I've always been a huge Star yeah. Wars fan. And spectacular this year. Um, legit, what I said was true. I was sitting next to Rachel Silvestrini and Saul. And I didn't know who Saul was yet. Um, so I'm sitting next to this guy in a blue suit with a big, long... <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we're both watching the Star Wars match and, and just answering the questions on our phone. I think I missed two questions. Um, I won't say what they are. That's fair. That's for, fair. For yes. reasons. But I missed two questions uh, in their match. Uh, one was one of um, Alex's questions, and then one was one of... Uh, Laura, Laura, I, I was like, Lauren Kelly. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, uh, missed one of Laura's questions. Um, so, you know, after a little bit of drinking, Rachel, who has become an awesome friend for me, I'm so happy we're in the same yeah. faction. Um, Rachel was like, let's go talk to Christian. Let's get you in this. Um, and I offhandedly said it to Christian and said, hey, like, you know, I want to do Star Wars next year if you've got open spots. And he said, we'll talk closer to the draft. Um, that conversation never happened. Oh, okay. So, uh, the way we found out uh, I would be in the draft was Christian had initially a couple weeks before the draft posted a player roster on the Facebook okay. page. Uh, I didn't look at it. I didn't see it. But uh, my girlfriend, Jill, did see it. And she's like, hey, you're on this list. Have you talked to Christian? <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, I haven't. Um, and then he retracted the list. So I didn't know. Um, I didn't have any confirmation from Christian that uh, I was 100% sure in. Um, and then eventually, you know, I, I did talk to Christian. I reached out. I'm like, hey, you know, I saw him on the list. Am I on this list? No, that's not true. I actually never even talked to Christian until um, right before uh, I received an. Uh, he messaged me for my email. He said, "Hey, what's your, what's your email?" And I said, "You know, I sent him my email, and um, then I received an email that said, "Hey, all players for you know 2020 season or season seven, the new era, whatever the email said. Um, here's what's going on for the draft. You know, here's what you need to know. Uh, that's kind of how it happened. And uh, you know, I, I couldn't be happier because it's you know, going from being a fan to being a competitor, even on a, on a minor scale is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm it, not looking it's, to, uh, go ahead. It, it's, I mean, it, it's something that as fans, we always think about constantly. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're always watching these matches, wondering yeah. 
if we could ever do this. And, you know, Brian and I have started this reaction thing where we start playing with the matches and starting to see how we feel with it. <laughs> um, how did it, like, did your mindset instantly change or was there kind of like almost like a shock value when you found out it was officially happening? Uh, it was 100% shock value um, because, to be honest, I kind of, I always saw myself as just being kind of, you know, I wanted to do it. I wanted to get around these people. I enjoy these people. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. And um, Silvestrini and I, when we had talked about it last year, we had talked about I could be the Josh Makuga of uh, the Inner Geekdom. You know, I, I just wanted to be the guy that went out and drank, which I did in my first <laughs> match, uh, but for other reasons. Um, you know, I just wanted to be the guy that went out and drank and had fun and, and kind of, you know, made a fool of myself. Um, that's not what this season is though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of an initial shock value in that. Um, well, two, for two reasons. So number one, uh, my draft position, um, I was the, if you don't count Adam Witt, um, I was the second overall drafted Star Wars player. I was the second dedicated Star Wars player to get drafted. So, um, uh, you know, it, it was Alex and then me. Um, Adam did go before before I did, but at the time, Kaiser had no idea he was a Star yeah, Wars player. Yeah. No one else in the room knew he was a Star Wars player except for Paul Preston. Um, and and so that that fact made it okay. Now, you know, people are going to be expecting a lot more out of me than just you know showing up and acting a fool if. If I'm the if I'm a fourth round pick, you know people are joking. Fourth round Roca, uh, Roca was draft number thirty two. I was number thirty three. I like that. That that's so, my question for you was, were you shocked at how high and how quickly it seemed you got drafted? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, because so I was sitting with uh, you know um, with Rachel and with um, Janine and Brandon. Um, and, uh, James White, um, and first and foremost, we're shocked at how soon James White yes. was drafted. Um, <laughs> but Rachel and I had made a, had made a pact before the event. Um, we would each drink until we were drafted. Oh, no. Uh, and then I had said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because then I will be drinking until the next day when the, the drafts get announced on Twitter. Um, because I know, you know, I know a few of the managers. I am, uh, very close with a few of the managers and had an idea of which ones may or may not draft me. Um, none of those did, but partly because Kate Mulligan just, you know, comes out and starts I, singing my I name. love her, man. She is just the best. She's perfect. <laughs> I will tell you, I had met Kate. I, before that day, I had met Kate once. At Spectacular. And hadn't talked to her since. Um, so that was a that was a pretty big shock to me. Um, I had my eye on on you know other managers, so and I wasn't really concerned about getting drafted. Um, because we were under the impression that it didn't that the draft mattered. But remember at the time there was gonna be eight players per yeah. team. And there was going to be 10 teams. 
So assuming that every team needed a Star Wars player, that meant that every Star Wars player would need to get drafted. I think that everyone's outlook on that changed a lot uh, after the draft happened, because you haven't, you know, you haven't really heard from any of the undrafted um, yeah, players. Yeah. Um, you, there's some talk with, you know, certain, you know, on SEN and stuff. There's been some talk with, you know, hey, what if this person joins? What if that person joins? You know, people sending in super chats suggesting people. But as it is, there's, you know. 80-something competitors that are drafted, there weren't 80-something competitors last year no, that competed. No, in the yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, my initial thought of not needing to be drafted to play um, and, you know, not taking it as seriously kind of all went out the window the day after the draft, you know, the day of the draft. Quick really. turnaround. Uh, um <laughs> Yeah, pretty pretty quick turnaround. Uh, Kate had a lot more um, a lot more confidence in me than I thought, than I think that anyone else would have um, uh, at that point in time. Uh, I think that um, from what I've heard heard from some of the other managers, some of the other competitors, um, you know, both me and Adam impressed people, and Adam really freaking impressed me. Um, that five pointer, I think. Wait, I want to definitely ask you about that oh, once yeah. we get to your match because that. I mean, we were shocked that anybody would know that answer outside of someone like Alex yeah. Damon. I know, I know Alex knew that one. Um, I know that um, there's probably a few other ones that Alex didn't know. Because I do know, um, you know, I, I do know that there are... Alex does have his Achilles yeah. heel. Yeah, yeah, um, Alex, does, Alex does have weak spots. Um, you just have to find them. Um, the same, but the same thing's true with anyone else in the division. Um, you know, um, I remember in the Iron Man match, um, I don't know if you guys are, I've seen every Star Wars match, you know, Knapsack and Whitwer. Um, yes. Yeah, Knapsack Whitwer. So, uh, the question was, um, you know, what does LAAT stand for? Um, which is, you know, the, the Republic gunship. Um, and both Sam and Ken blanked on it. Um, so that kind of thing, I don't know, which it's weird for me that Sam would miss that. Not as weird for me that, or was it Sam? Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah. So it's weird to me that, that Sam and Ken would both mm -hmm. miss that question. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, to me grow, you know, which I think we're all the same, more or less same age, like twenties, early thirties. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. For me, growing up with the prequels and being a huge Star Wars fan growing up, all of um, you know, all of the the prequel vehicles and it's stuff. It's more similar. Yeah. That's what yeah. I. That was my first love. So that's what I'm locked into. Um, of course, I know all the all the um, original trilogy stuff, but I got to grow up alongside the prequels. So I think that that gives me a lot more you know, knowledge of that stuff where, and then you watch Sam and Ken, who both are two of the biggest Star Wars fans. I know. Um, I mean, not that I know Sam, uh, but yes, you know what I mean? Right. Um, two of the biggest <laughs> Star, Star Wars fans I think of, um, as far as passion goes. And it just, they looked, they looked at, you know, whoever was on the desk, like it was Mark <laughs> and Christian, like what the hell is wrong with you? What kind of question is that? Um, 
you know, the same thing with, uh, you know, Dangier. Um, I've seen, um, uh, I think it was, I know Whitwer, not Whitwer, uh, Damon missed a, a question about Dangier, who's some random freaking Imperial in the beginning of episode four, uh, which there's an easy way to remember it because uh, his one of his only lines is, it's it's too dangerous to keep her alive or, you know, the keep her captive, whatever he yep. says at the beginning of episode so his name's Dangier. Ah, um, wow. but, but even, uh, you know, even Damon's like, I've never heard of this person. I didn't know they existed. So, so yeah, I think that there's a lot of people de- saying after that match that, you know, Adam and I aren't going to be able to take on Damon. Everyone else in the league has studied for way longer, and especially Damon, he lives it. Um, Adam and I didn't really have a whole lot of studying before that match. Um we knew the match was coming. We didn't know when. Um, we actually were original. The date we filmed, we were originally scheduled to film that day, and then it was um, put on hold for another match. Um, someone got sick, right? So, someone. Well, so the match that we were replaced with was not the match that got canceled, from got what it, I understand. Got it, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, someone, um, someone on on one of the factions got sick. Their match had to be canceled. Um, I don't know if I can say which. I know it's been said before, um, but let's just say uh, you're getting a live stream out of it instead. <laughs> um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 enough information. But so, um, you know, I woke up that morning and um, I'm driving to the studio because uh, reasons um, and. and uh, we're in the car. I get a call from Kate Mulligan, and she's like, "Hey, I just talked to Christian. Um, he wants you guys to compete today. Can you do it?" Um, and my response was, "Well, I can't really say no. Um, being a rookie, I I just simply can't tell Christian no." So um, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so um, both Adam and I, you know, we knew we were having the match. Uh, we were originally scheduled for the date, and then two weeks prior, it was, hey, we're going to put this on hold. I kind of did the math and mapped out the schedule, and I was like, well, this if, if this taping date is not my match, the soonest I will have my match is going to be X date. I'm going to take a week off from studying. That's what we talked about yeah. when we heard about this, mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so I was just like, hey, you know what, taking a week off, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get back into it. Um, I studied a certain subset before everything was canceled or put on hold. Um, and, uh, none of that subset came up. Of course. Uh, I studied what, what, I studied my weaknesses and luckily none of them, uh, well, one of them came up and that's Clone Wars, uh, which I had, you know, I had seen Clone Wars 15 times now since, you know, uh, since draft day, you know, you just have to watch yeah, it on repeat yeah. and suck it up. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, you know, you're good. You're good. You were talking about, um, just the, the way that they all played out and kind of under the lights and the nerves and, um, leading into the match and kind of what happened and, um, yeah. And and I have the uh, heel of the year award oh. here now, uh, so I don't know if yes, you can see this on sure camera. Can. But so this, uh, 
the Andrew Guy that is awesome. heel of the year that is award. So awesome. All signed and you know, um, I'm actually I'm actually trying to give it back to Andrew. Um, so uh, we you know Andrew is a busy guy. He hasn't been in a whole lot of tapings. Uh, so um, you know the reason I said I had to text my girlfriend to go get it. It's been in the car so that we can get back to him. Uh, (laughs) So uh, because, you know, it's it's kind of lost a little bit of its, uh, you know, it's not not that it's not completely special. But, you know, the we we talked about it in the point where we got it being fans and the point where, um, you know, where we are now, we see these people all the time. It's 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 strange to me now to have something signed by people that you know i spend my saturdays with that's that's, <laughs> that's very true that's wild. Yeah. i mean maybe we'll um, know that one know, day but yeah. i can definitely see from coming from you so well i look at look at look at uh as far as that goes you guys have an interesting format to the podcast um in that i think you know call to action very much has that they're playing a mm-hmm. character in their standard in the, in the call to action pod they're playing a character in the chill to action pod, it's a completely different setup as far as, you know, what they talk about, how they talk about it. Um, you know, uh, Andrew DiMolanta, as much as as much as he wants to do like a um, breakdown style podcast, he can't have an episode without being being tied yes. to faction. Yes. And I love Andrew. I love I love Andrew. But but you can definitely see the faction bias in his podcast. Um, the um, I don't know who else. Who else out there? Take three. Um, Cinefanatics. I will yeah, be honest. Movies. All those guys. Kristen. Yeah. I love Cinefanatics. I don't know that I've seen Jaw movies. There's so many out there, but it's it's as long as each one is carving out a different uh, niche, and you guys you guys want to very much take it from the sports angle, and that I think is is good because aside from the rundown, there isn't really anything that does it. And if I'm being honest, the rundown kind of does it more at a wrestling sports angle. I like that. You know, they're talking about the storylines yeah. yeah. a lot more. Um, you guys are looking at the at the at the um, faction points and all that, um, and I think that's a better niche to be in as far as a new Schmodown podcast. Because I'll be honest with you, no one, none of the competitors have time to watch <laughs> yeah, this stuff. That's fair. If they're totally studying, no. the yeah, as much as so. You know, I know a bunch of them watch call to a- call to action, but that's because that's how they ended up mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. was through action. You know, Janine and Brandon um, were all involved through action, and um, you know, Smets is real close with Janine and Brandon. And uh, I don't know if I should say all this stuff. Maybe this should be. Uh... <laughs> they're, they're always together. On don't, don't reveal too much. Yeah, but I mean, you know, on Twitter, we always like see like you together. said, it's not like they watch it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and Kevin, you know, Kevin and I are are, are very close, and and you know, uh, Brandon and I are getting a lot closer, being in, you know being in the same faction, being more or less in the same niche as far as Star Wars Inner Geekdom, you know, being tangent tangent, yeah, I can speak English, tangentially related, um, and I was an English ah, at some point. Look at me, but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a so such an interesting peek behind the curtain as far as um, how it all goes um, really seeing um, who's dedicated to it and seeing the peek behind the curtain as far as 
you know, which managers are there every taping and which managers are there for their matches, which managers aren't there for their matches. Think of um, <laughs> There's one big one, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> no, we'll say, I will say, um, Robert Meyer Burnett does care a lot more than you would think. Now, whether he knows what he's doing <laughs> is a whole other question, uh, but he does care, which yeah, is important. Yeah, yeah. He will. He was the uh, one person I talked to probably the most. Yeah, Bri- at... Brian and him had definitely a good length conversation at the awards. Yeah, um, and it was I... a lot of this is all because of me. But I mean, it was still. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah. He's and a very sweet person. Oh, yeah. Um, like he he wants to know your story and he wants to hear it and, and he will walk away from that happier for having, um, uh, having learned about you as a person. And, and, you know, cause again, when, when I first met RMB, it was, it was as, you know, just some random mm-hmm. person at the taping, um, uh, which there are less and less of now. Um, but, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I'm rambling now. Let's, oh, let's you're good. Next, you're uh... good. You're good. Let's get into your match a little bit because uh, we were we were yeah. talking um, in the lead up to this, trying to schedule you. You had said the two things that you had mentioned were the two questions you missed in the first round, um, kind of just ones that may the have just been told. Yeah, the only questions. You yeah. were correct. Um, just a little bit of brain farts. Was that have to do with just maybe the beginning of the match under the lights, not really thinking it through? So, a couple things happened. So. My first question, I heard the question, which is the most ridiculous question I've heard in the Star Wars League, um, the Boss Nass question. And when I heard it, I was like, this has got to be Boss Nass, but it can't be that easy. Um, It can't be that easy. So I got it. I got it right. And then the the someday you're going to be wrong, and I just hope I'm around to see it. The line hit me, and I went, okay, I love this line. It's one of my favorite lines, but who the <laughs> hell said it? Um, and it was just nerves. Like, I can tell you, you know, it's it's yes. Leia says it. Yeah. You know, it's it's Empire Strikes Back. I remember it. Um, so that one was entirely nerves. My brain just couldn't get to that point. Um, the Jawa question is a whole other uh, thing. So context clues tell me, okay, well, obviously this is Jawas, right? Um, and I remember a scene in A New Hope where Obi-Wan and Luke are in Mos Eisley and shooing the Jawas away from the speeder. Oh, okay, okay. So I asked my buddy, the day after the match, I asked, I, you know, I saw some of my friends and I asked them, I said, hey... I'm going to ask you a question. What's the answer? And I I gave him the question. And he said, oh, it's Jawas. It's in Moss Eisley. Huh. Interesting. So him and I went back and found the scene. We're both wrong. The scene happens, but they're not. uh, The way I remembered it was Obi-Wan and Luke walking up to the speeder and shooing the Jawas away. The Jawas walk up while they're in the speeder. Ah, okay, okay. At no point in that match did I want to challenge yeah. anything, but but that question I, I kind of thought, 
can I challenge this? I know that it happens. I don't know if I'm right about how it happens. Interesting. Um, because I remember the scene. They were... They were the question is um, what species picks through the contents of the land speeder, um, and um, they they weren't picking through the contents, so I would have lost the challenge. But um, yeah, my brain went there. Now, if I had had a if I'd used a, a repeat, I think that my I would have gotten to yeah. Obviously, they're rooting through the uh, land speeder after knocking out Luke. Um, but um, I don't know. I just went to Jawa, and I do feel pretty, pretty okay with that being a question I missed because my brain got to the point to a point to answer the question, <laughs> yeah. whether or not it got to yeah. the right spot. You know, as long as I didn't blank yeah, out. So, on So uh, you, um, you mentioned that you were thinking about possibly challenging, kind of running through the idea of it. Now with Kate, obviously managers have a, a big impact with the challenging going around. Her not knowing Star Wars as much as you do, how much does that play into the idea of you challenging it? Uh, Kate, I will tell you, is a diehard Star Wars fan. Uh, um, as of when we're taping this, it's her yes, birthday. Yes, it is. It is, yes. And she is spending her birthday going awesome. to Star Wars. Awesome. Right, well, good to know. There we go. Now, granted, she's spending it going to Disneyland, <laughs> but I assume yes, she's going to yes. go to Star Wars Land. Um, but... Uh, Obviously, Kate does not know nearly as much as any of the Star Wars competitors do. Um, but the way challenges work uh, this season um, is a little bit interesting. So, um, behind the scenes at least. So, I believe that if there's something I legitimately want to challenge, I can flag Kate to challenge okay. it. Kate has to be the one to deliver the challenge. Um, the other thing is, any of my t uh, faction mates can also tell Kate to challenge it. Interesting. So it doesn't have to be Kate that decides it's a challenge. Now, granted, um, the only person I think that would challenge something in that regard is Brandon Hanna, um, just based on who's going to be in the yeah. studio. Um, so it's going to be, you know, uh, me, Rachel, and Brandon are in the studio at all times. Um Alex Marzonia and Ben Goddard are both there too, but they're both yeah, working. They're they the can't crew. act in, so they can't act in player, you know, player standpoints. So, um, um, if something needs to be challenged, I believe I can flag to Kate or Grace. Um, but also my team, my faction mates can do it. So that's kind of a, a double-edged sword with, which factions have people going to tapings and which factions are, ha are have people going to um, matches. Um, you know, I, I have more to say on it that I that, can't. That's fair. That and how, fair. That, how that's relevant. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so it's not as, it's not as bad, you know, Roxy was thrown around that, you know, how does Tom, Ch or, you know, the whole, discussion with Atlanta, which we'll get into later, I know, but, um, you know, how does Tom challenge something? Well, Tom doesn't have to. You know, Ben can signal to Tom to challenge. Um, you know, it's it's not entirely dependent on Tom knowing his stuff, because if it was, Roxy doesn't know yeah. any movie trivia. Yeah. Tom knows more movie than Definitely. Roxy does. You know. God. What I wouldn't um, give for her to have, Kate, to have a red 
challenge flag in her fanny pack to pull <laughs> out totally, and throw. I wouldn't put it by her. I wouldn't. I, I would give. I mean, uh, that would be pretty. Just see a red flag it flying it out of the camera. Flies through the camera. I would give anything. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is very I'm true. I'm convinced that thing's bottomless. Stop, yes. that th- She pulled out the grenade. Uh, well, side the, question with the grenade. What kind of whiskey was in the grenade? Uh, that was um, something called Rock and Rye, which is um, this. I'm a sucker for an old-fashioned. You and me both. Um, I have a full bar in the living room, um, and that's the one thing that I always make sure I have supplies for is to make an old-fashioned. Um, I don't keep my bar very well stocked, but I always have rye whiskey, simple syrup, bitters, you know, all that. Um, I was going to go restock that, and I saw this bottle in the flavored whiskey section, and it said Rock and Rye, and I read it, and it was um, rock candy, honey, bitters, and rye whiskey. Whoa. And it just tastes like an old-fashioned straight out of the jar. So I just chill it. I pour it into the jar. Pour it into a glass, and I drink. I drink that instead of making yeah, an old yeah. fashioned. Uh, now, granted, I make one occasionally, but it just makes it a lot easier. You know, I've I've got a you know a little uh, side room with a with a mini fridge that I you know study and paint and whatever in. So when I want whiskey, I just reach the mini fridge. It's ready to go. I don't have to go out there into the go. bar and make it. Yes, Doctor Thermal Detonators. Good call. Yeah. Good call. So, and then as far as Initially, I had another gimmick that I was going to do. It did involve alcohol, um, but um, because there was no planning, I couldn't go get what I needed to make it. So, um, you know, we just when I found out we were, I had my match. Uh, we actually turned around and drove back uh, home so that I can change into something to be on camera. <laughs> you know, I was just in, yeah, a, you know, something comfortable, yeah. like. Yeah, I was just in something to go hang out and being on camera, like, oh, maybe I should put, you know, some care into how I look on camera. Um, and I, so at that point, I'm like, crap, what can I bring with me as a as a sort of prop? And, um, you know, because Kate generally comes up with what she pulls out of her fanny pack. Sounds um, but again, because it was on short, short notice, um, she was like, oh, and I got to get something to go uh, pull out of the fanny pack. Um, and because she went home to go change into the, uh, <laughs> the Irish yes. step dancing <laughs> skirt. No, she's in Kate garb, but she didn't have the step. So if you look, she's actually dressed different in my match than she is in any other match. She's wearing a step dancing skirt. Oh, she did okay. come out. Yeah, I know. I noticed the same shirt. But I can I, now that I think yeah. about it, I did see the skirt. Yeah, because right. she, because you, you, or she had you pick her leg up in the entrance. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was all Kate. But so Kate came came up with what to uh, pull out of the fanny, and for for all of the other uh, den matches that have aired so far, uh, for um, for mine because it was short notice when we were on the phone. She's like, and I need to go get. I need to go change my skirt. And I need to go get something to pull out of, your, out of the fanny pack. And I said, don't worry, I'll give you something to pull out. She's like, okay, I'm trusting you. <laughs> so I got home. I'm like, crap, what can I pull out? You know, uh, and I saw, I'm like, well, you know, I want to drink to calm my nerves a little bit. So I, I just grabbed, you know, I have one of the Coke cans from, from mm-hmm. Disney and I'm like, screw it. We're using that. So, um, 
But um, okay, the match. We're getting. <laughs> You're good. You're good. I, so uh, yeah, we talked about the two questions you missed, and from there uh, you went uh, three for three to to end the round, and Adam missed one, and he went two for three, and the round ended with uh, him winning by one or, or beating you by one, five to four, and then round two comes along, and he spins solo a Star Wars story. Uh, for his round right. and from the first question he misses the emphasis nest question you get that two-point steal and it kind of just like swings the door open and the momentum completely shifted and kind of went your way did it feel like that uh i will give credit where credit's due because it actually swung before that so um ben ba- uh, ben goddard has mentioned it a couple times uh there's a point in the match where after i miss the uh tuscan raider question yes. um I uh, was looking to one side and kind of shifted my vision to the other side. And, uh, you know, Ben Ben Goddard is there on the sidelines and um, his job is keeping time. So he does the time, the countdown when you see Mark or Christian or whoever okay. say five, four, three, two, one. That's actually Goddard doing it. Uh, they He's just really good at throwing his voice. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, but, you know, he has is the one with the timer. Um so, um, you know, he kind of like looks at me and just like breathe, you know, relax, you got this. And uh, so that was where I first kind of like re, you know, recentered myself and him missing a question in round um, in round one was the turning point. The hyperdrive motivator, right? Right. Because my fear was that I was going to um, miss a question or miss two questions and him not miss any in round one. And then be up by you know three points going into round two because he's got the perfect. Yeah. Because um, when you look at past Star Wars matches, everyone gets perfect rounds. That's very true. Um, but uh, with uh, with all that, I mean, going around two, getting that seal. Um, oh, and I will say with the hyperdrive motivator, you can actually watch if you go back and watch. You can see me almost erase motivator. <laughs> I wrote hyperdrive motivator, and then go, huh? No, okay, um, I'm good. Time ran out before I could erase it. Both of us wrote down so hyperdrive, yep. and we we were like, I know, "Oh, we I got thought. this, we got this." But yeah. then they said it, and we could go, "Wow, well." It. Yeah. I mean, look, Star yeah. Wars. You you have to be detailed. Like oh, everything has to be so detailed because the wording and everything and just how it all operates. That's just what it requires, and so mm-hmm. that's where the whiteboard a, and the writing a, is so key. A letter in your yeah. yeah wrong exactly exactly. Well, I worry. I worry that um, they're going to get to the point where they're asking what like the official name for the A wing is, mm. or the official name for the Y wing, which is like a seven-digit, you know, yeah. alphanumeric. Yeah. It's BTLA four Y wing dash something. Like, damn, damn. I know it. For, I know <laughs> it from you know. Uh, you can see behind me my shelf of random crap. Um, I'm a big role-playing games guy. Uh, I know all the ship models from playing the Star Wars role-playing game. Got it. That's smart. But I don't ex- I don't expect, nor do I want, you know, Ken Knapsack or Laura Kelly to have to go learn all those mm-hmm. ship names. You know, that's not that's not interesting trivia. Except except um, for I mean, uh, AV21s, right? Well, <laughs> yes. And, and you can actually even see, like, I'm like, oh, the answer is M60. I, in my head, I'm like, oh, M68. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the answer. Uh, so when I go, uh, I don't know, speeders, like I just needed to throw an answer out there and I didn't really know, you know, um, but yeah, the, him missing the, uh, AV 21s and him missing the, um, 
Enfys Nest question, which obviously he knew, uh, just misheard. That's kind of the, uh, you know, that was the turning point. And then the, you know, it after that, I don't think I missed a single question. You didn't question. miss anything. Um, you spun Return of the Jedi. And, you know, before, I mean, you went five for five. You had three two-point uh, answers. How, I mean, there, there's so many categories in Star Wars, and it's all based on movies. Is Return of the Jedi one of your stronger ones? or Without giving away I'd secrets. Say yeah, don't give away any secrets. Anything. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think I don't think it's 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 much to give away. Um, I think that this is true for all the Star Wars competitors. Um, prequels and original trilogy mm-hmm. is, um, you know, or, or at least original trilogy is everyone's strength. Uh, the question is, how deep are those questions going to go? So um, I didn't have. You'll hear singles and teams competitors talk about. If I get multiple choice, or, or if I get spinner's choice, what category am I going to pick? I don't think that's true in Star Wars, um, because you you don't know. You know, there's ten slices and twelve movies. Yeah. You know, weapons, vehicles, and te- technology isn't on there anymore. Uh, Heroes and villains isn't on there anymore. Um, I wish they were, but um, you know. It's kind of just what movie do you feel confident on? Um, I would have spun away from any sequel and any... I might not have spun, spun away from Force Awakens, but I would have spun away from Last Jedi, I would have spun away from Clone Wars, and I would have spun away from uh, both Rogue One and Solo. So any, any of the because, movies. Right, because they're not ingrained in my head. I know them, I love them, but they're not reflexive. Um you know, you, I've seen some people say, well, he had to go multiple choice in round two. I knew both those answers. I went to multiple choice because in my head, the first question was who uh, who asks accelerate to attack or who, you know, calls to was, acce- yeah, accelerate yeah. to attack speed. And I went, okay, it's either Lando Calrissian or Wedge Antilles. If I say Lando and I'm wrong and Adam gets Wedge, that's two points that I don't want to give him. So I was okay with going to multiple choice just to rule out the the chance of him stealing. Same thing on the on the who picked up Princess Leia's helmet. You know, the question I knew it's either going to be Han or Luke. I'm about ninety percent sure it's Luke. Let's go multiple choice so that if I'm wrong, it drops down to uh, you know one point and he's not tying or getting a lead on me. Um, so that was kind of the thought process there. Um, um, but as far as that, yeah, Return of the Jedi, I'd say, is a, a bit of a stronger category just due to the fact that it was my favorite movie as a kid. Um, so I've seen it, you know, way more than yeah. anything else. Uh, cool, um, cool little secret here. Brian absolutely despises Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not one of my favorites. I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that here's here's the thing and this is going into the star wars fandom you know overall i am okay with people hating star wars movies oh i don't i'm okay with people i just it's not one of my favorites no but i guess right like i'm okay with the people that hate the last jedi i'm okay with people that hate rise of skywalker um i personally hate some of the movies i won't say which because you know then you'll have people you know going at me (laughs) together um but um it makes sense to me why people dislike Jedi. It makes sense to me why Mark Ellis loves Jedi. 
you know, it makes sense to me why people uh, dislike Rogue One. Uh, no, actually, that one doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't, I I don't understand just, that. When you said that, um, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, we should have a conversation with Ben Goddard about yes, that. But, but seriously. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I understand why people don't like Solo. Solo is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, because it dives so deep into the random minutia. And it's a gold mine for showing out <laughs> questions. So, um, you know, it's, it is yeah. what it is. Probably going to have to watch it about 300 times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you came out of round two uh, with a four-point lead. And it all landed on Adam Witt. And uh, he had to answer all three of his questions to, to have any kind of chance at this um, with, with a good amount of lead. And he answered two of the three correct. The one he missed was the attachment leads to what. And he answered with a dark side when it was jealousy. And look, for me, as we were playing along, it's one of four answers because yeah. you get that that yeah. saying of it leads to this and it leads to this and it leads to this. Um, did you know that question? Um, I would have to go and go back and look at how it's asked. Um it depends because for me it's kind of it depends on which movie it's from. It's right? uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, because... and the question was uh, in Revenge of the Sith, Yoda says attachment leads to what? Yeah, I think that I, you know, obviously I know the answer yeah. now, yeah, that's so true. That's true. I can say I knew it or I didn't. <laughs> um, I don't remember if I knew it. Um, I remember hearing the question and thinking, "Oh, I'm glad I don't have to answer this question." for the exact reason you said it's, you know, it's one of yeah. four quotes, which quote yes. do you have in your head? You know, Yoda says that same line in, I think every movie he's in or close, I, damn I close to it, you know, some, something leads to something else. You know, it's, I don't know if I would have known that or not. Um, I, I want to say that I would have um, because, you know, Revenge of the Sith is another movie that I've seen more than the others. Um, um, but it's not shocking that someone would get that wrong to me just based on the fact that, yeah, there's, you know, the same quote is said different ways. Was that? Uh, that was Siri was, for Siri Brian. Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but as far as, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it before you, you do. His five points. Yeah, it's, uh, it's where uh, I would be, Brian was just going to get into that. I mean, look, I... This is something, even if I would have been studying Star Wars, I don't know if I could have ever answered this question. Yeah. It, it is crazy. That is the, the, the hardest thing about, um, about this division is you have to look for the answers in order to study them. Um, so um, I'm just going to assume here the way Andrew DiMolanta studies. Uh, because I know that he is probably the one Star Wars competitor that has the most studying this season under his belt. Um, from what he's talked about, he's revealed on on his podcast and on other podcasts what his study method is. I have a feeling that he goes and watches the movie, pauses, and forces himself to find the name of every character on screen. Wow. Um, Dalte Dauphine is a character that, as far as I'm aware, is not named anywhere in that movie. I think he is named in The Clone Wars, but linking that character from yeah. The Clone Wars and the character from Episode 1 is a pretty far stretch for me. You know, um, 
uh, Adam in his post interview joked about, you know, I know Lot Dodd, I know, you know, Rune Hacko. I know those ones too. I don't know. I've never heard of Dolte, Dolte yeah. Dauphine before. Yeah. It, <laughs> you know, that, that that's interesting because I remember watching um, Dimolata and Kelly last year going into the spectacular. They had that one question about mm-hmm. um, Wedge Antilles and how how his name. And I think Laura had answered the question uh, the way that he was named in a book, and Andrew had challenged it. And so it seems like there's a fine line between canon. And what's in the movies? Because there's almost like a crossover a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I can. I will reveal one of the one of the questions I w- wrote down yesterday. Um, I have a file full of every pilot's call sign. Smart. Uh, so something that has been asked before is what was um, Obi Wan's call sign during, during the Battle of Coruscant? It has been asked before. Uh, the answer is Red Leader. The question is, what is Anakin's call sign? Is not said in the movie. Red Leader is said in the movie. And wow! So what's Anakin? What's Anakin's call sign? What do do they even? They don't even say it in the movie, do they? They don't yeah. say it. They don't say it. But I I found a con. I've found a, an answer. Is it to in it. the Revenge of the Sith uh, novelization? It, it's in the Revenge of the Sith novelization. And it's in the Labyrinth of Evil book. Huh. Uh, he is Red Five. Whoa, that's cool. So Obi Wan's Red Leader. Cool. He's Red Five. So I texted. Uh, I texted another competitor from another faction, uh, and said, "Hey, do you have the answer to this? I can't find the answer to this." And this isn't a Star Wars competitor. Mm-hmm. It's just someone that I know knows Star Wars. I was like, "Hey, I need. You know, I'm. I'm. I found this answer. I want to see if you have this confirmed anywhere. You know, what can you tell me?" And he's and his response was simply, "There's no way it's Red Five. That's way too corny." <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's in it's in Labyrinth of Evil, and it's in the the novelization." He's like, "Oh my god! All right, that's going in my notes." Um, but like, I don't know if that question will yeah. ever get asked. Yeah. Um, I know that the question writers. I know that one of them has read uh, Labyrinth of Evil. Um, I know that that question writer has read the the all you know most of the novelizations for the star wars books so whether or not um you know that becomes a question is is something that kind of has to keep you up at night as a star wars competitor how deep do you make your study guides um and i i you know i've seen a comment from andrew uh that said you know and i keep using it as an, him as an example but he's the only real only other um, Star Wars competitor that's really active in yes. discussing it. You know, um, Laura Kelly, she's got her own stuff going on. Uh, Ken doesn't really talk about the Schmodown outside of Schmodown. Um, you know, Scrimshaw is kind of separate. Um, you know, it's it's so it's me and Andrew who talk about the Schmodown and interact with the Schmodown as far as the the Star Wars competitors go. And then obviously um, Adam, but Adam's not a Star Wars competitor. He's a competitor that does way too much in this <laughs> yeah. league. And I think, I think he's going to kill it this year in every league. Uh, but, um, but I'm, as far as, uh, uh, I, I love Adam as a person. So I have to say that, uh, you know, we spent several weeks leading up to it, talking about our match, even though we had no idea when it was going to be. But, um, uh, Andrew had made a comment on a stream the other day that, um, or his podcast the other day that, um, 
he thinks that some of the Star Wars competitors are going to be studying too many minute facts and not enough context. Makes sense. The thing is, the context we all know. We all know the context. We've all seen all the movies enough times to know the context. The 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 minute facts are what's going to trip someone up who doesn't know that stuff. Um, if you lose two points on you know AV twenty one, that can cost yeah. you a match. Um, which um, I will comment on this. Uh, what I've seen a lot of people say about that match: the game better. If Adam had just played the game better. Okay, but if I wouldn't have gone to multiple choice, which was a strategy decision, mm-hmm. not a, you know, needing multiple choice, if I would have stuck with two points on, on those on those two questions and not hedging against him catching up in, you know, the difference between a player who was not a Schmodown fan and a player who, you know, I've watched this for four years, five years. I've, I know the game better than some of the competitors. I made a choice to go to multiple choice in order to protect the, you know, keep my score where it was. Um, you know, if, if you want to say if Adam would have only gone, you know, got not missed that question that he got, you know, that he misheard. Well, yeah, but that's the yep. game. Yeah. Is it a game? Is it a, the question I think that a lot of fans need to ask themselves right now is, do you want it to be pure trivia or do you want it to be a game? Cause those are two very different things, right? Um, and and I think that that's the story of Atlanta as a whole, right? I mean, you have Ben Bateman being the game player, and you have uh, you know uh, Dan Merle who is the trivia guy. You have two completely different thoughts on how to take the schmodown. And if you watch the if you watch fan reactions to this stuff, that's the you know that's the question that I think really needs to be asked this season is. Um, do we want it to be trivia or do we want it to be a game? Because that's they're not the same yeah. thing, you know. Um, you need both. You need both in order to succeed in this in this um, uh, show. But you know, which one's more important? Because you can't say, well, if Adam only knew, you know, if Adam only played the game better, you know, because clearly I missed my two easy questions <laughs> in round one. He's had four matches. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just something that I, I wanted to make sure I got out there just because I had seen, um, you know, I, I, I've watched the reactions. I, I know people say, don't read the comments, you know, people say, don't, you know, don't do all that. I can't help it. I want to see, I want to, part of it, uh, call it, um, uh, call it, uh, oh God, I can't think of the word, <laughs> but you know, just, I want to see how, how, uh, I wanted to see how it was being received in order to, to see, you know, my next yeah. match. Uh, do I, what do I yeah. need to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I've seen pretty much every reaction, <laughs> um, which is probably unhealthy for, for something. Um, I'm sure you're, I'm sure but, as you play more, it'll probably maybe slow down a little bit and you'll get used to it and um, start to kind of just feel like you don't need to do that anymore. So, yeah, well, I mean, and even even in my post interview, um, you know, the question of am I, you know, people are like, oh, he's really cocky. Is he supposed to be a heel? Well, yeah, I'm supposed to be a heel. I'm not very good at it. Um, you know, the den is supposed to be a heel yeah. faction. It has been since it was the lion's den, you know, years ago. Um, so I'm not very good at it. You look you look at someone like Ben Goddard who takes to it like water. <laughs> Brandon Hanna's been heel for a year. Um, 
you know, Rachel is doing just fine as a heel, and uh, Tom. Thomas Tom legitimately has a dead body. I can't. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, but I mean, uh, that I think is my my biggest takeaway from the match. Isn't anything about the trivia, anything about the game. It's about um, uh, being mentally ready. Uh, and I wasn't mentally ready for this, uh, you know, for this match. So, um, and and that's on no fault of anyone but myself. I shouldn't have taken a week off. You know, I should have prepped for it as if it was, you know, but. Um, you know, ultimately, I can say everything I want. I, I, I came out as a yeah. winner, so yeah. um, if anything, if people think I'm not ready for the league, it's a good thing, right? I mean, they're going to underprepare or they're going to, you know, take me for granted. Yeah. So I mean, I'll, hey, I'll, you uh, know. We never know. Christian might have just pulled a fast one on you to really test you and see what really you're capable really of in the division. <laughs> uh, the, thought, the thought crossed my mind. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a... Uh, even Roka, I think, said it uh, yesterday on on Chill to Action. He did that? Um, maybe it was yesterday or, or today on on um, on backstage. Was yeah, he wasn't. He didn't know he was competing. You know, he jokes about finding me by the dumpster. Um, you know, I uh, I smoke, so I was out by the dumpster yeah. smoking because uh, that's where he smoked at the studio. Um, <laughs> so I just like hearing him say, "Well, I found him by the dumpster." <laughs> Classic Roca. It's classic Roca. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I will say one thing uh, before you know Brian wants to say something too. Um, we both enjoyed the heel side of it towards the end of the match in the post interview. I'll say that. Well, because we weren't expecting. We were it. not expecting it at all. But now that you give this this kind of like a behind the scenes look at it all, it does make sense. And I mean, not that we were caught off guard, but now we're kind of looking forward to seeing what happens and kind of how it all goes down. Well, I love me a heel. I, like I love a bad guy. That's, he's a villain guy through yeah. and through. So I don't know how much I'll lean into it um, as far as the character stuff goes. One of the big things with Star Wars is there isn't anyone playing a character. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, you know, there's there's um, you know Adam. Adam and I both were kind of playing exaggerated versions of ourselves because that's what Adam's character is. That's what you know to an extent. That's what my character is. Um, Ken is playing, you know, the pit boss who is this, you know, Ken. blustering, Ken is Ken. you know, Ken, is Ken. Ken. Um, but aside from that, I mean, you know, Damon doesn't have a character. He probably never will. Um, he's gotten a little bit better as far as the, you know, you could see it in Atlanta. He's gotten a little bit better as far as the, the confidence and, and how to treat himself in the post interview. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, the uh, the pre-interviews, that's about, you know, the pre-interviews are, what, two minutes mm. long? And that's combined. We were in there for ten minutes. So for that, that's really whatever uh, Nerd Chronic Eric decides yeah. to cut out of that, um, you know, to make it what it is. Um, and uh, I love that guy. He's so good at his job. Uh, it's funny, being in that room, it's... Nerd, Nerd Chronic and it's Dwayne and um, and uh, Dwayne Burke who is our one of the mm-hmm. camera guys uh, who's fantastic at his job, uh, but um, uh, who I both you know become pretty close close with. I tend to to become close with the crew sooner than I become close with the that's with something the talent. I would probably do. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've I, you know I, we can 
I'm sure you guys want to get this moving, but um, you know, I used to work in I used to work in uh, in music uh, promotion for for um, uh, for local nice. bands, and so I spent a lot of time with yeah. the crew. Uh, I was friends with the people on stage, but they're on stage. I'm yeah. with the crew, you know. So um, I think that's where that mentality comes from. My roommate was a sound, you know, my roommate was a sound engineer. Um, my first roommate and, and, you know, my, so that, I think those people, I understand a little bit better than the onstage person. That's fair. That's something I would definitely um, do in that position. Oh, oh you would hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I think, I think any podcaster yes. has to, right. Yes. Any, any podcaster of our age has to, because you have to teach yourself how to do this stuff. Do you know how long it took me to figure out, um, on my lunch this today, how to, um, Download Skype and get my webcam to work. Probably as long as it would uh, take me. Because I've never, never done it before. I say this, and I and I have a job that involves technology and involves setting up mm-hmm. technology, uh, but I can't figure out how to work a dang computer to, to well, run. We got out. it working, and we're definitely having fun doing it. So yeah, I had one more question before so, we get to like Atlanta. Is when you were in the situation where Wit had to answer that five pointer, and it was like. I mean, we were looking at each other like there's no no one knows. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely yeah. no one knows that. Did you start to feel like, yes, I got this, it's over, and then he hits it, and you're like, oh crap, like it kind of. You know what? So so I'm glad you asked that because I I I. Uh, yes, I had a moment where, um, my biggest fear was losing this match, um, because. The fact of the matter is, as a rookie, if I lost that match, and if I lost that match the way that I could have missing those first two round round one questions, I would not have gotten another match, at least not in the yeah. Star Wars ever, probably, to be honest with you. You know, um, because, you know, there's enough ADP. people who want to compete and who can compete. Um, if Adam loses... Adam's not going anywhere. You know, Adam is in the dungeon. Adam is a uh, singles competitor, a team's competitor. So um, what it came down to when that five-pointer was asked and Adam asked for the repeats, um, well, first off, when they asked the question, I'm like, it it might be Rune Hako, but I don't think it is. Um, You know, Maybe Adam knows it. Maybe he doesn't. And then I thought about him like, no, it's not Rune Hako. It was another guy. Um, I doubt Adam knows it. Because Adam and I had talked the previous, the previous however many tapings, you know, about what we love about, you know, just as, as Adam is someone who very much wants to share his yeah. love with movies and with whatever he yeah. wants to. Um, so we had talked about it and he's like, you know, I'm not going to waste time learning, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, and it's not like he was trying to, you know, throw me off his scent. Um, you know, Adam was one of the first people I met, um, through the showdown. Um, you know, I the first tape taping I went to Adam and Paul Preston were there. Um, and, uh, this was before they had ever had a match. They were like, yeah, we think we're going to, you know, do this. And, um, you know, they're, they're super nice guys. They're super warm. They're, they're, they're super friendly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Adam and I were talking about, um, 
uh, you know, just Star Wars in general. So when that question got asked, I kind of went, all right, this is one of those that he was talking about that he's not going to learn. Uh, and sure enough, he did, right? He, uh, you know, it was back there somewhere. I don't know uh, how he got there. I don't know how that got in his brain in the first place because you, you really have to, like I said before, that's a question you have to go yeah, find yep. the answer to. You have to want to go, what's that guy's name? Where do I find it? And then write it down and memorize it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the thought of when he didn't have it, the thought of getting a, uh, a TKO on my first match in Star Wars, um, I'm sure we can ask some, someone, but how many um, TKOs have there been in Star Wars? Not a lot. Probably there's, there's not a lot. For you to no, Yeah. I mean, Bruce Green got t- got KO'd. Um, but aside from that, I don't know that anyone's been TKO'd outside of the five ways, um, which have their own set of parameters and rules that are beside the point. But um, so yeah, it, it felt good just because the thought of getting a TKO on um, on my first match would have been fantastic. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want. I didn't want to go out without having to answer a question, um, because in my in my last round, because I needed to show that I could have that accuracy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, with less questions in a Star Wars match, it affects your accuracy more. That's true. So if you compare any Star Wars match this year to one last year, the accuracies are going to be way skewed. Um, so I think, I think as far, not that I really cared about the stats, right? When it comes down to it, I want to win. Uh, I don't care about, you know, what my overall <laughs> as as winners, is. Winners, winners, winners are winners. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just, I just wanted to, you know, it's, it's a show, you know, it's a show and you have to, uh, you have to survive the court of public opinion as much as you have to, uh, you know, win your match. So, um, uh, TKO would have. Sounded good on paper. I don't know how good it would have looked fair. if I didn't, um, you know, with missing what I did. I, I don't know how good it would have looked. Um, you know, people are people are already looking at, ma- at that match and talking about how great Adam Witt is going to be in this mm-hmm. division. And um, uh, I'm stoked about that because I don't want, you know, look at, uh, again, look at, everyone's record in star Wars. Everyone has losses on their record. Even, even Damon, um, you have to, the division is so small. You have to have the losses. And I'm just glad that there's, um, not anyone leaving the division based on, on record. Um, so, no, that's good. And, and that, that's one, one thing that definitely helped Adam and answer that question. It, as far as we look at it with the points, the point for the TKO was taken away yeah. and you know, they didn't have that or the den didn't get that many points compared to the dungeon, that situation. So uh, from that standard, that obviously would have helped, but for, for Adam, that's definitely a big plus for him. So, yeah, I know. Cause you and I, Which you and is, I were like, Oh yes, he's got this in the bag. And yeah. then he pulled that question. We were shocked. That answer. We were, we were like, what? yeah, we, we could, we couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Well, with, with, uh, with the point values, um, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The, the Dens had more matches yep. than anyone else. Um, that's going to even out. You know, it's it's uh, it's not favoritism. It's not anything else. It's just scheduling. Um, the fact of the matter is it's easier to schedule multiple matches for a faction at once, you know, as far as, um, you know, mm-hmm. filming goes. So um, 
you know, it's going to even out. Um, um, now, will the scoreboard even out? That's another question. Um, uh, Kaiser has had two matches air yes. now. Uh, and uh, still can't win anything. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, you know, I mean, it's the, the, the TKO points are, um, I think, what will make or break this season. I think as far as the point values this season go, I think it's either going to be TKOs or it will be um, Inner Geek from Star Wars. It makes sense. Because, right, because they're worth more points. I mean, singles, yeah, sure, there's matches all the time. Um, there's also more singles competitors. There's not going to be a single singles competitor that will win, you know, whatever it is we're winning yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the secret prize there won't be right a single. Right, the secret, whatever whatever <laughs> they've cooked up, um, there's not going to be a singles competitor that wins that. Because the fact of the matter is, um, you know, you look at teams, you look at, um, you know, you look at teams and intergeekdom and Star Wars, realistically, there's more singles competitors than anything else. So any one singles competitor is not going to have as many matches as, you know, even potentially a Star Wars competitor. If, um, you know, I don't know what my track is going to look like as far as if I get can get to Damon, if, you know, Christian already has my track to Damon ma- mapped out. As far as who I'm competing, I know the fans want me to compete against Ken. That's what I want to see. I know some fans want me to compete against Andrew. Um, you know, I'm sure Christian has something cooked up, but the fact of the matter is, with as many competitors as we have in Star Wars, as with as many competitors as we have in Inner Geekdom, um, there's a lot, but it fail it pales in comparison to how many singles there singles competitors there are. Um, so that's just my overall thought is. But I guess when you look at it, um, when I say you know there aren't as many, there's more singles competitors than anything else. A lot of those singles competitors are also teams competitors. So I guess. Maybe I've dug no, myself no, a hole no, of logic. You're good. You're and, you're good. Um, but yeah, no. so... Let's go ahead and uh, move into Atlanta. We will take the next 20 minutes or so to kind of talk about, dive into it, because uh, Alex Damon, obviously making his debut in Intergeekdom, um, does have an effect on Star Wars, possibly um, bleeding into one another and, you know, how that kind of that, that competes. But as far as how he did, I mean, he, he ended up beating Emily Rose Jacobson, um, and showing some some pretty good uh, ability to answer some integrated questions in that in that match, but I will say this by watching it, there you can definitely tell that there are some weak spots of his in this league. Um, in no way is you know a lot of fans are calling for Smets versus Dame and Smets versus Dame, and they want That's that, but he has a long way to go to get there. Um, and you know it, we can go round by round here, but you know he, Jacobson sp- or he spun uh, opponent's choice. Jacobson gave him Harry Potter. And he went four for five in that round, which, you know, for Harry Potter, that's really good because that's a difficult category. Um, and then she spins Spinner Choice and goes Star Trek. And unfortunately, she gets three for five, but Damien gets a two-point steal. And that's just kind of where the wheels started yeah. falling off a little bit. Um, uh, before I get to you, Sean, real quick, Brian, because Damon is your favorite player. He is your guy in the league. What do you think about how he debuted in Intergeekdom? Uh, I thought he 
made a solid foundation, but I definitely saw the the kinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. It it definitely showed that he is not this untouchable god in everything he does, and I think that could possibly like power people up a little bit more to take him down. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he missed the very first question. Yeah. He, he missed the, the the MCU question with Guardians of Ga- or he answered Guardians of the Galaxy and it was Iron Man three. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the biggest thing for me is that when I watch this, like, I would love to see him make a run, but my big question is, is how does it affect his run in Star Wars? Because doing two divisions is a big deal, but he's not going to have his focus just on that anymore. And I think that's going to make him vulnerable yeah. to, I mean. I mean, he he's not going to have as many matches because he's across the country. Mm-hmm. But who knows if the burnout of studying two different things is going to lead to an advantage for some other people. <laughs> How do you feel about it, Sean? Honestly, honestly, I, I, I don't. I don't know that it will, and here's why. I I have my doubts as to how much Alex Damon actually studies for Star Wars. I don't think he studies at all. I, I yeah. think I don't think he studies at all. Exactly. I think he just knows it. I think that he just engages with it every day. And sure, maybe he has you know note cards or a, a you know a cheat sheet or you know the various other ways that we all study for this stuff. Maybe he has something that he goes to, you know, in order to prep, but um, I don't think he's studying in the same way that Kevin Smets is in the same way that um, DiMolanta is for Star Wars. I think that he is probably just going with his gut and, you know, supplementing his inner geekdom studying with Star Wars. I don't, I don't know the guy. I don't know, you know, I've met him a couple times. I've talked to him a few times. Um, I don't know how well he is. I don't know how well Roxy set him up as far as how to study or what to study. I mean, we know Roxy probably has learned something on that matter from Ben at some point, you know, I mean, um, but I don't think it will take away from his star Wars prowess that much. Um, as much as I'd like to say it would, I don't think it will, uh, you know, I think Alex is the is the final boss, and I think we're all doomed to, uh, you know, <laughs> constantly have him at the end of the Let rainbow. Let me ask you this, though. If you know? Damon and Whitwer were to go against each other right now, who would you put your money on? Um, um, in an Iron Man match, like he wants to. In an Iron Man match. Uh, that's different. Um, Sam Whitwer. And inside the actual Shmona itself? In a Schmodown match, Alex Damon. Yeah, those are two very different yeah, Because yeah. Sam Witwer does not know Schmodown. Yeah, that's... Even when he was competing, even when he was the champion, he didn't know mm-hmm. the rules. You know, he knew them enough, but yeah, he does, just doesn't know the uh, the game the same way that someone like Alex, who's now done a live, you know, live event twice yeah. a year, you know, last year. Yeah, but. so uh, good good debut for him. Um, definitely going to see him more because, I mean, he has the Star Wars champion making his, his run in Nergitim. But let's get to the big one here, the main event of the night, uh, Bateman versus Merle. Um, everyone was touting it as the match of of the league, the match Century. Of, no. of the cent- – I mean, <laughs> uh, of the entire thing for the entire time that Shimona has been running. 
And, you know, I, people can argue one way or another, but I felt like it, it was leading up to that, the way it was kind of just, you know, with Nerd Chronic's promos and the Twitter conversations and obviously all the drama with the Finsock Exchange and the lead up with that as well. Um, but as far as a match goes, it lived up to the hype. Um, it went back and forth. You know, Merle had the lead for the first two rounds, and then uh, Bateman got round three and round four with the Tyler Perry movies, and then the speed round where he just he came out of nowhere, and Merle didn't get a chance to get anything in that round. And then obviously round uh, round five where you know uh, Bateman misses that that final question with heavyweights, um, and we go to sudden death, and, and Merle you know ends up winning on that minute work question. But um, you know, I, I picked Merle to begin with, and I think. Uh, you know, I had, I've said it for a long time that I felt like before all the drama with the Finsock Exchange, I wanted Bateman to win. But all of that just lit something under Merle. And we've seen that happen before. Uh, before, excuse me. And that also happened on stage because we saw a very different kind of Merle. He was very sassy. You know, he said, Sir John Woo. Mm-hmm. And then he did all of these things where he's kind of Lord. like jabbing at Bateman and, and kind of like almost at the game in a way. Um, and you don't want to do that to a guy like Merle, and it unfortunately for Bateman, it just it, it didn't it bit him in the ass. It really bit him he, in the ass. Old heel Bateman. That's another thing to too. Come That's out. another thing as well. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of action guys Bateman that came out as well. Which is my favorite. <laughs> I'll take that any day over over you know calm collected Bateman. As far as the Schmodown goes, um, you know it's uh, I. I 100% agree. I think the drama just pushed Dan over the edge as far as, you know, he had to win it. Um, he, he and Roka, because we saw, I mean, we had heard during the live event that they weren't going to do any promos, but then, of course, Mr. Finsock has to come out and grab the mic, and then Roka gets involved, and I think that just kind of adds on top of it. And we saw what happened in New York just uh, a month ago when Bibiana did the challenges, and Merle kind of got pissed off, and it unfortunately for them, it didn't end well, and again, it just happened this way, but as far as a match goes, I mean, I think it lived up to the hype. Uh, you know, it's so fresh still. I'm not I'm not going to say yet it's the best of all time. But the fact that it went into sudden death and that they went back and forth the entire time, um, I, I thought it lived up to everything it should have been. Yeah, I mean, you were jumping up, running around my living room. Yeah, I was pumped. The, yeah. I was pumped. I was so pumped. Because, look... I mean, I would have been happy either way. I, I really would have. Like, Bateman, the way Bateman has changed over the last year since he left Guy, um, it it hit me a little better because, let's, look, I'll call, I hated the action guys. <laughs> I could not stand them. And it's just because I'm an old school guy who likes, you know, I was a fan of Roca and I was a fan of Sam Levine and all these guys. And so, but the second Bateman made this change, I became a massive fan of him. And I was so pumped and spectacular when he won that match and the way he won the match. And I felt like if he kept like there was a chance for him to keep it going the entire year, but then the second all that stuff happened with Finstock and changed, my mind instantly switched, and I felt like it was just Merle's destiny to do this again. And um, I, I have a feeling we'll see Bateman again for sure, obviously. Um, but I have a feeling that Merle could make a run and maybe hold on to the belt longer than he ever has at this point. Yeah, it's it's. You know, Christian said something today. Uh, There's some controversy on the last, you know, on the yes. five-pointer. He said something on SCN today about, you know, you know how one – he almost said something that he didn't, that one would be better for the league than the other. You know, as far as what was better for ratings, what was better for, for the league. 
I don't know which is better for the for the league. Um, you said something that I think I agreed with a lot um, uh, last year and the year before. Being you know being on your guys' side of the fence, you're a fan of the old guard. I was very much a fan of the old guard too. Uh, my girlfriend, who I got into the showdown, um, is is a fan of you know certain competitors more than others. But she didn't have a frame of reference for who was old or new guard. I've always been a fan of Roca. I've always been a fan of, of Merle. You know, when when Roca and Merle have chances to win the belt, I get excited because it reminds me of the original Roca Merle bouts. And I think maybe my perspective has changed <laughs> where now I support the new guard. I want I want the Ben Batemans to have the belt. I really? want Kevin Smets to have the belt. I don't want Mike to have the belt. You know, I oh, want I like people Mike. like Hannah and Janine and, and sure. you know, yeah. Parker. I want to see all, all the new blood flourish. Um, so maybe maybe that's why I was, I was you know, pulling for Bateman in the match. Um, but it doesn't shock me at all that Merle took it, even with Bateman yeah. coming back. Yeah. But... I'm I'm curious from you, from from you guys what's did you feel when Ben started coming back um, when Ben got everything in the speed round minus the one question when Ben you know got the 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 betting round did you feel the tide turning or did you think that Dan was going to keep it. I, I I felt like I did. Um, from what I can remember, I I was remember watching that and just thinking to myself, it doesn't even look like Dan knows what he's doing on the speed round because it was Bateman just beat after beat after beat after beat, yeah. just going for it, and it, it seemed like, and especially in a match like this, momentum shifts. It's it's just like sports, like momentum shifts, and it's that other side is just done for, like they're done for. Oh. But in the back of my head, you know, as that fifth round came on, I felt like it was kind of kind of just popping back in. Like, this is Dan Merle that we're looking at. Like, he, he's he's a very cool, calm, collected guy. He's been here before. He has never lost in a live event. You know, he has won the belt in this kind of situation before. But I definitely felt like there was a momentum shift that um, that felt like it was going to go Bateman's way the rest of the way. In my opinion, it didn't anyway. Yeah, the speed, the speed. I personally hate the speed round because I feel like that is, from whatever I've seen, especially when we saw uh, the Comic Con with uh, Rachel and Kalnowski. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It always there always seems to me almost like there's one person that is not good at that round, mm-hmm. and like when we saw it with Rachel and Mike when we were there. Mike was all over the buzzer. This is kind of like the same way Bateman was all over the buzzer on Dan. So I almost kind of, unless the score is drastic, I almost kind of don't even pay attention to that round. But at this point, after seeing what Merle can do, it's almost like you're kind of an idiot to ever count him (laughs) out, especially if it's a live show. Because it's, it's... he will pull it out of a hat like he did. And, I mean, I'm almost daring to say that, like, Bateman getting, like, that hyped up could have even maybe messed with it. Because there's there's an argument there. Yeah, he's been the same 
character of chill Ben and then the second that speed round he started getting pulling his shirt and stuff like that like getting all hyped and and Merle's just kind of like okay bring on the next round Mm -hmm. and then it was just boop 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 sudden death it's over what did you think Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. me. Hey, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm getting a, I'm getting. I, I hear you guys on par audio, but I'm getting a oh, delay visual. Oh, got it, got it. Got so it. your head not me. I didn't catch it. Um, I, yeah. I mean, 100. I, 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 like I said, I wanted the, I wanted Ben to take it as far as the new guard goes. You know, I think that, um, people talk about Rushmore all the time. The last I, couple I months, as if it's something we're always going to debate. <laughs> I have an opinion on this. And it's not who's on Rushmore, but it's that we should stop talking about Rushmore. I'm with. I, I'm Are we going to go change Rushmore yeah, tomorrow and put someone new on true. there? For me, it's the same you LeBron know, and MJ thing. It's Rushmore like... is set. Rushmore is set. Whoever you think your Rushmore is, that's set. Ben winning. Ben winning last. You know, the other day doesn't change who's on Rushmore. Dan's on Rushmore. Dan's on everyone's Rushmore. I thought that when Dan when it, as soon as it went to sudden death I knew that Ben wasn't going to be able to keep you know keep going because Dan's great at round one Ben's fine at round one but you know I think that missing that five pointer is going to pull Ben out you know pull Ben out of out of yeah. his headspace that he yeah. needs to be in I don't think it's anything about him being amped up or anything like that I think that him being amped up is what's going to keep him in the right mindset to win because I think Ben does better when he's confident. Um, you know, no one's going to do worse when they think, damn, I just missed my five pointer. Now we're in sudden death. I'm playing against the greatest of all time. Can I do it? That's not a headspace that anyone wants to be in, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think that those five pointers really are, are what makes or breaks a game. Um, you know, and as far as what you were saying, uh, Brian, about the speed round, um, yeah, I don't, I have, I have some thoughts on the speed round as far as like whether or not it's really indicative of any skill, because it's the only part of the game that's dexterity based. It's the only part of the game that's, um, you know, not a mental. Yeah, no, I agree with you because I personally, I. Ever since we went to the Comic-Con taping uh, of Rachel and Mike's match, I personally hate the speed round because when we were there, you could visibly see Rachel was not comfortable with the buzzer. Yeah, there was something wrong with the the physical, just the buzzers themselves. It's not the fact that nobody can do it. It's just how they work. Exactly. And it, it almost threw her off in a way because there were multiple times where she was just like, like she was looking at it like it wasn't responding so i mean i personally because i mean almost that's almost in a way like how fast are your reflexes and that could make her break the whole entire game right and and i mean i've thought about you know this is a whole other tangent but i thought about like what happens when we get a you know a competitor who is differently abled very true true. (laughs) you know how are they ever going to compete they could be the best trivia person ever 
but how can they compete Absolutely. in the speed round? Now, not that I think that that's a good enough reason, but it's just kind of something that has always always popped in. I mean, um, it's the fact of the matter is Ben is young and fit and in shape, and you know, it's true. It's, it's true. He's going to be it's better. A very fair round. point. Kalinowski is you know in his forties and uh, looks like he's yeah. in his twenties. He's probably going to be pretty yeah. damn good at the speed yeah. round. You know, I mean, it's it's. Um, you know, it's it's kind of just a matter of of yes, you it is knowledge based at that point, but at the same time, if you just because you're the fir- the quickest on the trigger doesn't mean you're going to get it right. And you know, it's a it's a great example with the with the Oscars question. You know, he answered you know Endgame, Infinity I think, War. or Infinity yeah. War, and it's yeah, and it's Black Panther, and you know that that might have cost him the game, you know? So I guess it's a double-edged sword, and I've seen Mike do it. I've seen, you know, if you look at, um, I think I could be wrong, but I think the same thing happened to the kid at Spectacular, who was, you know, the quickest on the speed yes. round, whatever. Yes. It's So I think that every time we see someone who's just lightning fast on those buzzers, I think they all get hit with missing a question, you know, just based on time constraint. Um and that, and then you're then you're in the hole point. So, you know, if you're playing from behind like Ben is, and you miss even just one, well, that negates another question that you've answered correctly, and it doesn't put you any any farther ahead just because you hit the buzzer first. Um, all right. Well, before we move on to our points and the faction rankings and get out of here, uh, Sean, I just got a question about the with moral. Do you think? He has a better chance of holding on to the belt the rest of the year, or do you think that someone else is going to be holding that at the end of the year? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think there's a chance that Merle holds on to the belt for the full year, um, because I think that Merle wants to compete in another division. Yeah, and beats him uh, against Mark. Yeah, I don't. I don't. When you know, when people look at like, oh well, you know, someone's going to hold on to the belt the whole year. Number one, I don't think that that is really possible anymore um i think that there's enough competitors that have come into the league um and i'm not counting myself among these as these savant competitors <laughs> but there's enough, you know, <clears throat> kevin smetz's that have you know just you know yeah he lost once but i mean he's pretty much other than that stormed the division to get to where he is if it weren't for what everyone's saying about Robert Parker, which I don't know, I don't know the kid very well. I've you know met him a couple times. I haven't seen him compete yet, um, but you know everyone's talking about how good he's going to be. If it weren't for him, I don't see Kevin losing the belt yeah. this year. Yeah. I can't say the same thing for anyone in singles, because um, the fact of the matter is, we could have a repeat of you know Dan and Roca trading the belt back and forth. But this time with Ben and Dan, um, you know, you still have Ethan Irwin, you still have, you know, Bibiani, you still have these people that are are going to, you know, put their heart and soul into taking that belt. And whether it's someone from the old guard or the new guard, as far as, you know, you know, different eras of the game and different thought processes of the game. I don't think anyone in singles can hold on to a belt for a whole year anymore. I, that's um, very, very true. And I mean, just thinking about the last year, we had four champions. It was yeah. Ethan, Merle, Oyama, and then Bateman at the end of the year. 
and that was all in one calendar year. So, and with the amount of competitors we have now versus how many matches someone's going to get, you mm-hmm. lose once, you don't know when your next match is. Especially yeah. if you're a rookie, if you lose one match, you might be done. Period. Yeah, yeah, very true. Because you don't have the fan loyalty anymore. Exactly. So, or yet not anymore, but you don't have the fan loyalty yet. So you know, let's look at. I mean, um, oh, I don't know what's aired yet. God. Uh, you know, let's look at. <laughs> well, you could say look uh, at Janine. Riley. Oh, yeah. Janine. I was going to yeah, say yeah. Janine. Yes, Janine. Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, let's look at Riley Janine. You know, yeah, Janine lost, but the fans love her. Mm-hmm. She's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, if that was a rookie, number one, that match wouldn't have had the same stakes if it was a rookie. But if it was a rookie, God only knows if she's going to come back. Yeah. You know, um, again, with 90 competitors. But what that means is someone who can, you know, come into the league and make their mark, um, you know, like you, like Kevin did last year. That's my frame of reference because I don't know what's there yet. <laughs> you know, uh, someone could come into the the league and make their mark, like like Kevin did last year, or like um, like Tom and, and Video Drew did mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you know, they're set for their showdown career. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, Tom and Paul lost their match that, you know, lost their match to Deep 13. Um, they're going to be back. But they're going to come yeah. back. They're love, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I think that the I don't see, as far as the four champions last year, I hope that there's not four again this year. Um, I think that that's bad for the league. I think that it, I think that that singles belt, is best when it only changes hands once or twice in a year, but I think it needs to change hands at least once. And I, as far as for the health of the league and as far as likelihood of anyone holding on to it, I think that there's not a chance Dan keeps it the whole It year. would be pretty cool Whether to, it's see, been t- uh, to see them go back and forth a little bit. Maybe if, if, even if it's just once to have like that kind of boxing style thing where, you know, they have the Bateman versus Merle two or the Bateman versus Merle three. And it just kind of goes throughout 2020 with the like and like like he had mentioned, you know, new guard versus old guard, you go all year long to see who goes back and forth with each other. That would definitely be really cool. I would mind. like to see it leave the Finstock exchange. Eventually. Maybe. Eventually. <laughs> I would like to see Ben leave the Finstock exchange. We didn't even we, touch. I'm we, surprised. We, we'll have to have you back to have that kind of conversation because we touched on that last week <laughs> and we went into all kinds of detail about those possibilities. Um Do you and, think also ask if if you can say it, do you think there's any chance those four stay together i can i can totally say i'm not you know i talk to my you know few people that i know um i don't i don't really uh you know i'm not talking to christian i'm not talking to you know anyone really on the inside uh no i don't yeah. think that those four stay together um uh, because i think that it's clear to you know, it's clear from what happened in that post interview that uh, um, Roca and Bateman have some hot blood together, and I, I, you know, it's even Mer, you know, even Merle and and Dan. I think there's a possibility for bad blood there. I've never seen them interact on a personal level. Um, you know, I've seen them in the same room together, but I don't know what they're you know. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, no, I don't think 
when you throw Finstock in the mix with those people, I don't think there's a chance that those egos don't <laughs> That's, yeah. cause a rip. <laughs> now, that being said, the question has been thrown to Roxy and uh, Winston and Kate. Would you fight to get Roca? I don't know that I would fight to get Roca. If I were in if I were in a management spot, I would not fight to get Roca. I love Roca. He has been one of my favorite competitors as a fan for a long time. I love him as a person. I've gotten to know him a little bit better. Not, you know, a whole lot, but I've I've seen him at tapings and stuff. I would not fight to get Roca. Not because he's not a great competitor, but because he's not worth what you'll have to give up. It goes back to what I was saying before about uh, the points and what's going to win you. At the end of the day, what's going to get you the most points mm-hmm. for your faction? I don't think Roke is it. I think Bateman might be it, but I don't think Roke is it. I think you're going to be better off with someone like the Barbarian that is brand new and people are like, oh, what's this guy going to do? Let's see him on a team. Let's see him in singles. That's going to get you way more points than Roka will. Um if the barbarian could could play the way he has, or if Goddard can play the way he has, someone like them is going to get you, um, you know, going to get you far more points than someone like Roka, who is going to run into a roadblock and lose a match. And you know, again, no disrespect to Roka, it's just a matter of that's how the game, that's you know, historically what's happened. Um, the greats are always going to lose. Um, whether it's Roka or Merle or Cushing, eventually they're going to have someone on their heels like a Kalinowski or like, I guess with Roka and Merle, it's just Roka or Merle. They're going to have someone else on their heels to knock them off their pedestal. Um, so as far as the trades go, I don't know that Roka or Dan is really worth their points. Dan might be depending on if he does actually make an IG mm-hmm. run. If Dan actually makes an IG run, Dan suddenly becomes worth yeah. his points. Um, but but top tier competitors that are going to sit and not have as many matches aren't aren't worth their weight in points. Fair, Fair points. Fair so, points. Speaking of points, I, I could be I could be totally wrong <laughs> on all that. That's just that's just my gut reaction as far as you know keeping uh you know keeping Roka. You know, on the Finstock exchange, it's almost in all the other managers' um, best interest because, you know, let's look at the rock stars. What would she have she'd to give have, up yeah. to get? Be a Damon. Okay, a... she'd have to give up JTE and one of the odd mm-hmm. couple, minimum. You know, um, Jared Habon. You can't trade Jared Habon for for Roca. You know, it's got to You've got to trade a heavy hitter. Uh, in order to get Roca, you've probably got to trade two heavy hitters to get Roca. You know, I mean, what Tom and Paul for Roca if he comes to the den? No way. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't either. Not worth. Not even close. No. I mean, simply put, I'd rather have a pile of dead bodies than a <laughs> bunch of V for Vendetta masks. I mean, that's fair. It's that's true. Fair. Take yeah. one or the other. No. Um, all right, Brian. Well, let's run down these faction points uh, before we get out of here. Um, what does it look like this week after Atlanta? We are slowly, finally starting to get an actual. And this is thank you to Tobias and Tobias, Tobias and Tobias in the in the Facebook group. 
Uh, we have Finstock exchange at four and two, uh, two KOs or TKOs and 11 points. Uh, second place, the Den with a three and one record and seven points. Third place, the Rockstars, one and O, oh, uh, one KO, TKO and four points. Corky Mercs in fourth, one and two, one KO, TKO, uh, three points. A two-way tie for fifth with the Burning Droogs, who are one and one with two points, and the usual suspects, one and one with two points. Uh, Swag is in seventh, 0 and one. Corruption and the Dungeon in a two-way tie, both being 0 and two. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's shifted a little bit. Obviously, Damon's win and Inner Geekdom pushed them up pretty high because of those uh, extra points in that league. That was their first, Rockstar's first match yeah, period. Yeah, so they went from 0 to 4 in a heartbeat. Um, and that, that, could, that was a TKO, right? Yeah, and that, that, could be, that could be Roxy's Achilles heel all year long. If he, if he continues to, to do that. Um, or have those kind of matches, he, he could kind of be the, the crutch for them. Um, Finsock Exchange is doing what they do, obviously. Um, not surprised there. And, you know, the Den, you guys are just sticking there, staying strong, as we, as we expected. Um, we yeah. really did expect it to see that. And it's a lot of young blood, a young talent um, who's showing match in and match out. And it's very exciting to see because, you know, you have Tom and Paul, who, you know, are second-year rookies, quote, quote, but um, they're they're the veterans really of the faction, and you have, you know, Grace as a veteran manager. But then you have a brand new manager in Kate. You got Sean. You got you know Ben. You have uh, you got Brett in there, and there's a lot of new blood who are showing that they have the game. So how do you feel about it, it's, Sean? It's you know it's funny when you say Tom and Paul are the veterans because <laughs> I guess I don't really I don't really think of them as really yeah. that you know that Tom veteran is a veteran. Um, I know, right? But yeah, I guess I never looked at the faction that way. I, I looked at the faction as uh, I can say it because other people have said it. Three up together. Oh. Um, Silvestrini, Hannah, and Marzonia live together. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So so I could say that because I know they've said it before. Maybe maybe cut that out. But three <laughs> of, three of our faction mates live live together. I think I'm sure it's fine. Um, yeah, three of our faction mates live together. And then you have the SEN crew, mm-hmm. and that's our faction yeah. plus Paul and Tom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, you know, I kind of look at our faction like it's this weird conglomerate of weird personalities and weird tenuous links. Um, and then what really shocks me is the Mercs. Because mm-hmm. what match have they won? What what matches did they lose? So they lost in the beginning of the year with Bibiani and the kid at the New York event. Those are that was the and then they won with the real rejects. So is that their two? So yeah. So is they there... they, got, they lost two points because they had two competitors in the match. Okay. Okay. So that was what was that was what was tri- <coughs> what was tossing me off was. Um, I didn't remember them having that many matches, yeah, but only I had two again. so far from what I remember. Yeah, it's okay. literally just so the two, the uh, the teams the matching teams in the New match York event. in real yeah. event yeah. or the New York event. But I mean, and and Finstock, you know, we're gonna we're our the Dens matches are gonna dry up. Mm. You know, we all had so many, um, uh, you know, we had so many rookies that 
needed to come in and people wanted to see yeah. and needed to prove. Um, the Den will have less matches coming up. And so that, you know, the early points push will change. But at the same time, because we've won, you know, the, those that, that have played have won, you're going to see more. Um, the same thing with, with Finstock Exchange. The Barbarian's going to get more matches. Yeah. You know, he's won. Um, you know, but your the Finstock Exchange is in a weird spot because, yeah, they're on top right now, but all of their competitors are, again, that top tier that's going to get less matches. Um, really where I think you need to be is that you need to have mid-tier competitors in this league because those are who are going to get the most matches. Your Mark Riley's, your not that Mark Riley is not top tier, but the way, you know, where he currently is as far as standings go, um, you know, he mid-tier at Silvestrini, who's mid-tier. Goddard, who's a rookie, who's going to, gonna you know, prove herself. Janine, who is, you know, again, is, is right in that mid-tier of could be great, but right now is is still you know behind those leader the leaders in the pack, um, so I think that's where like someone like the rock stars is really going to struggle yeah. in that uh, they have the odd couple who's who's just on the you know just on the cusp of that top tier you know they've they've been to championships they've they've you know they've they've seen the top but you know then they then they fall back you know back to the pack and then keep moving forward. That's who you're gonna. That's who they're gonna have to rely on to get points. Um, I know that there's been some matches announced for the odd couple. Yeah, they play. Uh, maybe. Oh god, who they play? Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on? They play at the end of the month. Is it? Okay, but there, but there is something announced for yes, them. Yes, they're playing. I believe they're playing at the end of the month, or even the beginning of April. This yeah. So I mean, me, it's so. that's what. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't see Jared Habon, you know, having a ton of matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't see, you know, JTE's on the other side of the country. Alex is on the other side of the country. So someone like the Rockstars, who has their four points today, how, you know, if if the odd couple can't pull it, pull through, how many points are they going to get off those other competitors? Um, you know, it's. I'm 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 just hoping ever the match count evens out right as because i don't want obviously i want the den to win of course at the end of the year <laughs> but i don't want to have won simply because christian scheduled us the yeah, most matches you know and i don't i don't think that that's i don't from what i can see and from what i understand i do not at all think that that's what's going on i just think that that's how the schedule has worked out so far and remember there's other matches that have taped. That's how he's chosen to air them. That's true. That doesn't mean that's how they were scheduled. Very true. So, um, bum, bum, bum. you know, we'll, we'll, you know, little bit of a peek behind the curtain, not too much, but I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna come down to ultimately what does, um, you know, what does each faction's new players bring? And the and the factions that don't have any new players, like the rock stars, who can you get into that, you know, into that that run? Um, you have Stacy because that's 
Do they, does is Stacey on the roster? Yes. So she is that mid tier you're talking about that could end up getting a lot of matches and make make a good run at some at some competitors. Okay. Yeah. That's that's and that's what I don't know who's on what it, team. Trust me, the, we we have a spreadsheet that I we look literally at every, had to make. We, a we we it's so all pages. over the place. Yeah. It, we we can't keep yeah. up with it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's and and I can't and that's kind of why like, you know, kudos to Christian because. He does all of this in his dang head. <laughs> yeah. He can tell you who's where, who's competing uh-huh. in what, and when that's coming out, and when that's scheduled, and when that's taping. And man, kudos to that guy. I, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, seriously. Well, uh, thank you very much, Sean, for joining us, man. It was fun. It was a long two hours, but we really, really appreciate you being on the show with us today, man. My pleasure. Did we really go two yeah, hours? Yeah, it's almost I'm two sorry. hours long. No, we're, we're trust me, we, we had a blast could, talking and, <laughs> and getting behind the curtain and, and kind of a BTS look at it all. And um, it's, uh, I hope it's, you know, breaking the record count as far as length goes, but maybe we break some views on the channel as well. Yeah. So, well, if nothing else, hopefully it means that you can get other more well known competitors <laughs> to get. You well, know, I mean, we do have the get, undefeated uh, Star Wars. Uh, only undefeated the only undefeated star, star wars, wars player on the player. on this on the show yeah. so far <laughs> oh that's true well is that true, that is true. and is every that other is star wars competitor oh on, that one. All right, that's going in my, that's going to go in my next problem there you go <laughs> there you go there you go um cool well thank you all again right. for joining us man brian uh as always good to do this every week man of course. Uh, you guys can find us on twitter youtube audio podcast platforms like anchor apple and spotify uh, make sure you get leave us a comment on what you think of the show and the matches and everything that we talked about on the show. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter as well uh, at all of our personal channels. So, again, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. 